Welcome to the TDWG Podcast. My name is Paul Davidson. And my name is Scott Norman. And today we are going to be talking about projects, certain projects that we like to use inside our classrooms. Oh, not like construction projects? or No, not like construction projects. Oh. Not like that addition you're putting onto your house. Oh, build back better. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to talk about some of our favorites. I have, my personal favorite is my final, but there's not much to talk about with that. Uh, for my particular uh, final, every single, for both the first semester and the second semester, here's what my final project is. What'd you learn? What did you learn this past semester? That's literally all the project is. So there's several students, a lot of students are probably listening to this and learning what their final is going to be right now. Yeah, I actually have already told them. Like I've, okay. I have examples of like the final project hanging up in the room uh, from former students. But no, uh, you have an option to do, you pretty much can do whatever you want on my final, uh, but I give, you the op- uh, I give you certain options that are pre-approved. If you're not one of these five that are pre-approved, you have to... Talk to me by, yeah, yeah. first, but my pre-approved ones, of course, are write an essay, the simple one, present a speech, uh, you can do a poster, you can do an infographic, you can do a video, or you could do a podcast. I mean, cool people do podcasts. They right? do. That's how it works. But I've had kids do uh, Twitch streams before uh, for their final. Uh, it's, I'm pretty much open to really anything. You just have to walk me through how you're going to do the project. But what I basically ask you is, what did you learn this pe- past semester? I pick. You, uh, I ask you to look back on uh, some assignments, pick a handful of them, talk about them in your project, and then at the end, so kind of outline what your goals within English are going forward will be so how do you like construct as you're building this so that it can scale to a bunch of different mediums how do you construct your grading side so that like you know if somebody comes in i understand podcast speech paper i feel like those are pretty standard if somebody's doing like a video or they're doing a poster how does that work? How do you scale that? I different? grade holistically. So I look at the thing as a whole instead of individual parts. Mm-hmm. And so like a problem with like traditional rubrics, uh, you have uh, like certain sections. And so you can gamify the rubric to where you're making sure you're hitting certain spots. Yeah. Where of holistic grading, there's certain criteria that I'm looking at. I kind of give them like a ballpark of like, here's what a... A-level focus will be, here's what a B-level organization will be, Uh, but I grade it holistically. Holistic grading is basically there are five, sometimes six areas that uh, you're looking at. Those are focus, so how on topic do they stay? Uh, Organization, that's where you look at the introduction, the transitions from idea to idea in the Mm -hmm. body, and the conclusion. And then you have development, so how well did you develop your ideas? Yeah. Uh, style, which is your own unique flair, your own unique take on it. And then, of course, correctness or conventions of standard English. And mm-hmm. so that's where uh, how I get past the like, essay, speech, video, how, the, how I can grade them on the same level. The conventions or the correctness for a video will be that that's different than the correctness you. for an essay. Okay, so yeah, you, you just make it so that basically your your category, I guess I should say, on the rubric is broad enough that it can flex to fit around yes, the different media. And basically they'll get a grade on each of those categories and I'll take the average of all, th- all five of those grades and that will be what they get on the overall project. Hmm. So d- how, how have you had in the past, how have you had students react to that style? Because it's different. It is very different. From- it is different. Uh, luckily, it's not, it's not, I don't hit them with it immediately with the final. Mm-hmm. They've been brought into it over time throughout the entire semester 
And so the very first time we do a big essay that requires holistic grading, they're kind of taken aback. But I also am one of those teachers that allow students to resubmit uh, things if they want to go back and revise it after they've conferenced with me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm allowed to, that, that holistic grading approach allows me to look at what they scored. I can then reread their essay real quick and trigger here's why they scored this here's why they scored this here's why they scored this Mm -hmm. and walk them through it so i believe through allowing them to revise it makes the like omg this is different not as hard as if i didn't let them revise so uh, you're saying that your summative assessment and your formative assessments are in line so that they're not shocked by the different style you don't all of a sudden give them a standardized test at the end (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's... Well, technically, I do give them a standardized test <laughs> yeah. at the end if you're a sophomore because you have to take the English 2 EOC. Yeah. And that's beyond my control. That's legally, I have to let them to get, let you take that test. But yes, uh, for if it was up to me, then yes, that would not have to be the case. Yeah, that's uh, that was a slight <laughs> dig for those of you who are unaware at just the idea if of you standardized know, testing. Say, if you want to know what our opinion on standardized testing is, you can read between the lines and just figure it out from right there. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, I, yeah, I guess later you're going to tell me about a different, more yes. specific project. But that one, one that you specifically requested me to explain yes, to you. Yes, and then we said, wait, explain it on a podcast. Yes. Um, but no, that, but you, we, we originally went into this saying what our favorite projects are. The, the final was always my favorite project because that allows me to see what the kids pulled away from the semester, what the kids thought was the most important, what the kids actually learned, and that both allows them to be metacognitive, allowed them to see their own process and allowed to see them for them to see their own learning, but also allows me to see, oh, I didn't do this that well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to improve on this. Oh, this worked. This didn't. So it's a two hand. It's it actually helps me out along with helping them. So uh, do you, final question on this one, just because now I've had this thought, do you have a list of like how many specific things they do have to discuss? Because you said like you, you'll have like, a handful of I recommend uh, before the week before finals so that that and for this week it will be ha- or this year it'll be half a week so starting on Wednesday mm-hmm. I tell them to they have to go back in the semester and reflect on three assignments mm-hmm. they have they have to go and look at three different assignments and write a short little reflection over those and I highly recommend they use those in their project but if they want to use more than three they're more than welcome to to help support their argument that they're trying to make mm-hmm. and to help to show what they learned but at least there's homework assignments that have helped build them towards what they need to do for the final okay i was just asking because my question that i i asked that previous to was going to be have you ever had a student who just turned in like a really slickly produced video where there's like this amazing intro and it pans to them and they're like sitting there, you know, like uh, Dr. Phil style. And, no. and then they just say, I learned nothing. And then the video ends. <laughs> no, I've never had a video like that. I have had students say that they haven't learned anything, which is fine. Uh, but they do have to still like have concrete evidence that they didn't learn anything and help prove and help prove so basically like okay well we did this thing but i already knew that because x but yes uh but to answer your full question whenever if i was to evaluate what you just talked about yeah. on a holistic scale i would probably give them an a on style and uh correct correctness so uh-huh. that would help buffer uh, bump up their grade 
uh, development would probably be an F because they didn't provide <laughs> anything to back it up. Focus, focus would be the difficult one. I'd probably either go a D or a C. Be like, yep, at least you told me what you thought. And then organization depends on how the conclusion of the essay or of the video went. But uh, since you really didn't transition from idea to idea, I guess I'd be stuck with probably a C. So I gave you... <laughs> you gave me two A's, two C's, and an That's, F. And no, and here's what your grade will be. Here's what your grade will be. So uh, I'm going to give you two A's, two C's, and an F. Uh-huh. Two C's. And the F, because you had no development, I'm just going to give you a zero, actually, yeah. a Z. So you ended up getting a 65 on that. Wait a minute. Did you just do that like A to Z, like Z is 26? No, Z is zero. So it's zero. Yeah, Z is a zero. It's it's A, B, C, D, F, Z. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you didn't have any development, so you guys are. So you yeah. would have ended up getting a 65 because you had the slickness, but you had no content. I gotcha. I gotcha. So don't get any ideas, students. There's hey, some, if you want to, if you want a D, I was gonna say we'll there's, power too. there's some kids that's out there like, but I passed though. <laughs> that one specific student is not a student of mine right now. So <laughs> yeah. Um, all anyway, right. Anyway, so uh, but that's my fa- that's my favorite project. Uh, Mr. Norman, what is your favorite project? Okay, so by far my favorite project that we do every year is uh, I I haven't come up with a cool name for it, but it's the Bill Prog project, the Bill Making project. And what we do is literally go through the entire process from the inception of the idea to the signing by the quote-unquote president or governor um, of a bill becoming law. And it began far less glorious than that in that I was like, how can I get them to understand the process that a bill has to go through? Because, like, if you just watch, you know, I'm just a bill, you get a little piece of it. It's like, oh, yeah, I die in committee. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, (laughs) right? Um, There's all these things that are just kind of like little pieces of the puzzle, but I don't think they ever really were grasping this is actually the long, arduous process that has to happen. I'm not going to lie. Whatever you were telling me, I need a formal name for this thing. I was thinking, huh, how could we do the I'm a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill type of thing for the project name? Uh, But basically what you're talking about is traditionally like uh, social studies teachers would just Mm -hmm. show the schoolhouse rock song. Correct. Like that's enough. So what you wanted to do was take it from a DOK level one where you're just remembering or parroting back what the song sang and actually – putting the students in the real world example, putting them uh, boots on the ground, hands in the dirt, uh, getting it down with the nitty gritty of how to make a bill. Correct. And so the first iteration of that was I had them pick a bill and then research it and see like how it had done, what step of the process it's on, all that kind of stuff. Because that at least gets in the steps of the process because they can, they can mark out, okay, it's in committee right now. Um, it has been passed on to the House floor, whatever. But so then you took it from a DOK level one, the knowledge base, yes. and now you're moving it up to mid-level thinking, which was taking that process and applying it to an actual bill. Yeah, and the the issue that I found there was like it was a very weak 2.5 on the DOK scale, right? It was like it was like, eh, I kind of care about this, but not really. I'm gonna check the minimal boxes. There's a reason why application is beneath analysis on the mid-level yes, thinking. Yes, right? exactly. And it, so it's one of those things where it's just like, ah, eh, 
this isn't, it's not quite getting there because you have some kid who turns it in and like, talk about, you know, gamifies a rubric, right? They, they hit the basics, but if you ask them any further depth about it, they have no idea and they don't care, right? And then you get the one passionate kid that gets it, but it's just, it's difficult to really get everyone engaged in that. Regardless, it was a step in the right direction. Yeah, it was moving. It moved it beyond to just kids watching a video and then just moving on to some kids getting engaged while others others were still disengaged. Yes, and so I was like, okay, well, what can we do? What if I actually just have them create a bill? So I did, and I don't remember exactly, because I've been doing this project for a while now, exactly what step in the process this became a little bit more final, but... Initially, it was just like, okay, you write a bill, there you go, we're going to talk about the bill, and then you're still doing the paper, like, as a separate thing. And then I was like, merge them. And so, at this point, here's how the project works, with a lot of tweaks that have occurred over time. So, so, that, so that was the evolution. Now we're Correct. at, here's, we're at- here's, the Bulbasaur, here's the Venusaur of yes. the evolution of the bill process. Does the Venusaur have guns anymore? That's that's a Blastoise. Oh, sorry. I don't go back and watch the Pokemon yes. episode <laughs> if you want to know my knowledge. Just look up TDWG Pokemon. Anyway, so um, <laughs> stairs. Um, <laughs> your mom. Yeah, your mom. Anyway, sorry. Go back to that episode. It's a great one. Um, but the uh, the project now is by far my favorite. And here's how it works. They start off, to begin the project, they come up with three ideas for a bill. And those three ideas for a bill are, one has to be either a state-level or federal-level idea, something that they would have to actually go into the state house or into Congress. Um, The second idea has to be a local government. So it could be municipal or it could be county. Either way, it's something where they'd have to go either um, to the mayor and the city council, or they would have to go to the county commissioners and get that thing passed. And then the final category, which is usually the most popular, is a school-level bill. That could be district-wide, it could be um, building-wide, or it could be just a change in my classroom that they want done. Um, and so they have, to co- they have to come up with three ideas. I got really crappy ideas the first year I did it. But if their idea is good enough, their idea is then going to be picked of those three to become a formal bill. So what I do is I we read off their ideas and I put them in groups that I call committees um, and they kind of help each other narrow it down. And then kinda I- Like a real committee does. Yes. <laughs> and then I formalize the committees once they've selected one topic. So what we'll do is we'll actually read the bill one time to the entire class and then, because they'll, they'll have written one at this point, and I actually use the format that is used for the uh, Missouri General Assembly. Like, this is the format officially your bill must follow to be introduced on the floor of the House. And so they write it in that format, I read it, and then it is directed to a committee that is topical, which is real life. That's how it will work. We organize them into these topical committees, and then the committee has the option of doing one of three things. Passing that bill as is, and I tell them, if you're passing that bill as is, it must be the best thing to have ever walked the face of this earth, right? It, it, it just has to be a perfect bill for you to not modify it at all. Option number two is that committee will then uh, amend the bill 
in other words, basically they're saying, hey, uh, you know, your section four sucks, but everything else is a great idea and we want it to happen, so we're going to help you fix it so that it has a shot of passing. And then option three is this bill is an absolute train wreck. Kill it. Kill it with fire, right? And so they just go ahead and vote on it and, and fail the bill. Um, even the students whose bills fail, their main grade comes out. Now, there are discussion and participation grades that go along with this, but their main grade goes on with me looking through that bill and seeing, first off, if it's a valid idea. Secondly, if it follows the conventions of the actual bill writing process. And three, if they have backed it up with enough that it has a shot, right? So uh, I'm going to put a pause right here. So, yes. Uh, each group or committee yes. has a bill. So they, you, they each have their own. So each one so has four bills. They have four bills, but so they each have four bills. They have they have a local one, a state one, and then a classroom one. Okay, so I've already gotten I've gotten I've probably gotten everyone lost. All right, so each person starts out with three ideas. Okay, that is narrowed down to one bill per person. So everybody gets one bill, Correct. so whenever you go to, into your committee, you have four bills that you could work with. Correct. Okay. And so each of those, now you could, that committee could fail all four, or pass all four, or somewhere in between. Um, so each committee, when they get up to present the bills, are presenting four bills? Uh, they're not presenting them unless they pass. Unless they choose to put it forward onto the House floor. So, so everybody in the committee needs to agree that we're going to put this on the house. Yeah, floor. or a majority of them, three out of four, okay. have to agree. Um, what if you have a group that does not vote for any of them? Sucks to suck. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to politics. Uh, and so they uh, that happens. I, I've had committees that pass none. I've had committees that pass all of them, and then they are resoundingly torn to shreds when they're introduced to the actual house floor, which is the whole class at the same time, and just all of them fail miserably because that committee did a poor job of critiquing their own bills. Um, so that's the next step is after the committee. If the committee says you're good enough, then I will read it out to the entire class, and then we actually follow the proper rules of order where I will cede the floor to representatives who wish to speak, and they can either motion to vote, they can motion to amend, or they can just simply state their opinion on the bill. Um, and it's amazing how much kids will get into this and like genuinely be like passionately speaking on these bills. And the like the whole reason that I, I keep building towards, the whole reason that this activity works so well is because if your bill makes it through the whole process, which is being debated in the House, which is your classroom, and then the Senate, which is the other government class, if it makes it and is voted yes in both houses, I will help you get it to the people who actually could make that change. So for our school, all of the bills that pass both houses go, I print them off and I take them with no... All right, I'll put a pin in this right now. Okay. All right. Uh, the question I have, because you ha you, we've, we've gotten past the part where you can amend the bill, where you mm -hmm. uh, try to fix the bill. Mm -hmm. So if you have a group that has nobody, that has none of their bills passed mm -hmm. and cannot be amended, what do they do during the amending process? Um, 
they are they are still actively amending other people's bills. So like it's so now they're helping it's now, other correct. people with yes. Theirs. They are okay. now in on the discussion, everyone together, and now the how you get a grade from this portion is that you are actively participating in that process in giving good ideas, doing okay. those things, right? So your your so the bi- formal bi- so the formal project grade stops at the uh, general assembly floor. Yes, however, I will grade the final result. Okay, but ev- like even if you don't get to a final result, darn it, we're uh, uh, class ended. No, lunch is over. Uh. Uh, but uh, so even if you don't get your uh, bill, even if you don't get your bill passed to the bigger part, or Correct. even it, you will still whatever you had right there is the big grade, and then like other people have a chance to get in theirs even better. Sort of. So you can continue to adapt your bill. Like so in you, the, can, you can continue to revise yours correct. after Correct. You can continue dies. to okay. revise your bill even after it dies. And I will personally tell them, here's why your bill died. Right? So you'll provide them specific feedback on yes, how to Yes, and here's how to fix your bill. And so they'll get a lot of that feedback before it ever even gets to me so, talking to them. So basically you get a first draft as you move into a second draft. Yes. Um, and... In reality, you're getting you get that first draft, you get the committee draft, you get the house floor draft, you get the Mr. Norman okay. after years die. You know, there's a bunch of so you revision. got you get a lot of peer review. Now, uh, yes. so now we're at the executive branch. So what do you do whenever you're doing the executive branch? All right. So it ends up literally on the desk of our principal here. So uh, when Coach Branscombe gets these things, he does a great job and block before him as well of reading over them and giving them a legitimate shot. Does this actually make sense? Is this something I could take to the school board and actually pitch the idea and reading over it and then comes into class and announces to each class, here are the bills I have signed and why and here are the bills that I have vetoed and why. And if it's vetoed, it's vetoed. It's gone. It's dead. If it is signed, then he will actually pitch it to the school board in the coming summer. Um, So what's really amazing and what really drives engagement on it is the fact that at this point, we have somewhere between five and ten bills that have made it and changed things around Portageville or around the school itself. We are sitting in one of them right now. <laughs> uh, we are currently recording in the senior lounge area, which was part of a bill that was created a few years ago um, to allow seniors a little bit more privileges in, in a study skills hour and some things like that. Um, and there's a, a number of these bills that have passed and changed things. Students are allowed to be on their phones at lunch now. That came from a bill, and it was a very well-written bill. Um, off-campus lunch for seniors came from a bill that was written and went through the process. There's a basketball court being built in town. That was not from the school. It was, that you had to go through the park committee. Yes. That, that, that was, was the next step I was going to ask. Like, uh, even if it's not in the school, you'll contact the county commissioners. You'll contact the correct. state representative in order to see the next steps in order to get this passed. Yes, and I'll, I'll give them the option. So once it makes it through the process, if it's not a school bill, then I say, okay, it's up to you. Do you want to pursue this? And if they say yes, then I will make sure that it gets into the hands of the representative or if it's local government – in this case, it was the park board, and it just so happens we've got a couple teachers on the park board. So I was like, here you go, and handed them the— I believe our number one sub is also on the park board. Uh, yes, so <laughs> we uh, we have three very close connections. To the park. I think he leads the park board. Um, uh, good for him. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the deal is that you know we were able to make that connection, and now they're 
instead of making tennis courts just tennis courts, one's going to be a basketball court. And that's that's because of a bill that we passed. Um, I've had several early from the early years of this project that made it through and were not great, and the student recognized that and said, I am not pursuing this further. But as they've gone on, they've gotten better and better and better because students see that this project can actually change something. And that's what I love about it. They see the they see uh, learning in the real world. You're you're transferring uh, mater- content material to real world stuff. Yeah, it's oh, there it goes again. We're tardy. Um, yeah, now we're tardy. <laughs> Hope they don't catch us. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think that what really makes this thing amazing as a project is that because there is a chance to change things, you'll have students, and I've had students several times who literally want nothing to do with work, who will just absolutely work their butts off to do a good job on this bill because they want to change something. And so I've had a student like that literally, you know, is a lump on a log up to the project. They, nothing I do can get this kid engaged. And all of a sudden it's like, wait, you're telling me I could have my phone at lunch? Like, I'm going to write this bill and I'm going to write it good, you know? Um so that's by far my favorite project uh, that I do and really the best one that shows the kids exactly what I want them to know, which is the entire process. Like, you, you know, you said, well, what if they don't get it passed? Eh. <laughs> this year we had a student who voted no on every single bill that came up because his died in committee. So once his died, he was like... That's very real-world politics. Yeah, he was just like, forget it. If you guys don't want my bill to happen, none of yours will happen. All right. Uh, So uh, I don't think we're going to have enough time to talk about my poetry one-pagers, which that can be a lesson. That can be a podcast episode to itself. Uh, But uh, I want to finish it up here. Like, And you kind of already ventured into that. But why do we teachers love these projects? Why do we love projects? We're lazy. It's a little bit of that. (laughs) Uh, Projects are a little bit... uh, there is if the project puts a lot more of the learning on the student, a lot more of the like weight of uh, mm-hmm. learning towards the student and less on the teacher. Because like uh, whenever you're, like you've been in classrooms where sometimes it's a teacher heavy focused lesson where the teacher's doing the majority mm-hmm. of the stuff, where you really want it about 50-50, uh, allowing to do projects, the teacher's still involved. Like I'm still able to guide people and kind yeah. of explain to them how to go about the project and what to look at and what to think about. Uh, but it's not necessarily me giving them content and them regurgitating it back to me. It's mm-hmm. more, here's some content, let's play with it. And that's what projects do is it allows the students to actually play with the ideas that we're wanting them to interact with. Yeah, and I, I was I'm obviously speaking you know, facetiously when I say it's because we're lazy. Because actually, in order to have a good project, it takes a lot of work. Like There are a lot of things with the grading of all of these bills and with the shepherding the process along. You know? the, 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 way, the, the reason why I would call it lazy is because like even though like it does still require grading, mm-hmm. I find grading projects a lot easier compared to grading just your regular run-of-the-mill assignment because mm-hmm. there's a little bit more interesting dynamics, interesting ways of looking at things than just here's the 38th paper over uh, the Great Gatsby talking <laughs> about uh, greed for yeah. the 17th time. You know, So it allows there to be a little bit more nuance and a little bit more unique takes on the bigger picture. Yeah, so it's more entertaining for us yes. and therefore makes it feels better. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> feels better to grade. And also uh, it's better for y'all. It actually makes y'all work. 
Yeah, and I, I think the if a project is done well, right? There's busy work projects, and, and I don't think either of the ones we talked about are busy work projects. But the busy work project is done wrong. We're just like, here's a stack of packets. Do the stack of packets. I'm going to call it a project so that I don't have to call it busy work, right? <laughs> um, but how these are different is it's forcing you all as the students to like work through this stuff and not just you know regurgitate. Wait till you get to David's in the class if you haven't had he'll he'll vomit sometime about cupcakes. Paraphrasing it's coming, yeah, paraphrasing. Um, but you're you're not just like parroting, but you're actually applying and you're learning to where like when kids get to the end of this, I've had so many kids be like, like Congress, like this is actually how this is miserable, and I'm like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, this is what I'm trying to get you to learn is, like, if you really want to change something in the political world, it's going to take a whole lot of capital. Like, well, in more ways than one. But it's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take you working potentially for years and years, and you might still have the head of some committee who's ticked off about something else and just like, no. <laughs> you know, and... And on the flip side, like with my particular project, it is metacognitive. I, I've seen students that, uh, that That's have a fun word. Yeah, that have in their projects say, "I've been perca- I procrastinated and was lazy and waited to the last minute on a lot of these assignments." And here's the grade I got on it. And at the end, they said, "Well, I guess next semester I'm not gonna try to procrastinate." And guess what? The next semester, they were a little bit more due diligent on getting stuff turned in on time and uh-huh. not waiting till the last minute. And all of a sudden, their grade improved. Like, I've seen all kinds of students improve based on just kind of looking at their past semester and saying, here's what I learned, and here's why I learned it, and how mm-hmm. I learned it. And that allowed them to have, be better students come the next semester. It's. I really think that in an English and a social studies classroom, projects like these two are the closest that we can get to, like, ag going out and actually growing a plant you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's the closest that we can get to a real hands-on this is your real life application because for you that's just reflection right you're teaching them how to reflect and improve Mm -hmm. and for me i'm teaching them a little bit of reflection but also just like this is how this is the people you know this is how it works for everything you complain about for the rest of your life in government this is how you could actually change it if you wanted to and there is a chance like you saw some of your classmates or even you yourself change school policy. You could do that again. It'll take work, but you could do it again for the state or for the local community, you know. So that's what I think is cool about projects. So uh, that's all of our thoughts on projects. Like I said, we will come back uh, for another episode to talk a little bit more about some other projects later. But And if you want to see that episode, of course, go into the comments and say, we want that episode. Yeah. But until next time, my name has been Paul Davidson. My name is Lord Willing Willoughby, Scott Norman. And we've been two dumb.